Well, good day, everyone. I'm Sam. And I'm Mike. And we are the Extras. Welcome to episode four. Episode four? We've made it this far. Yeah, fantastic. Um, we've got a big episode ahead today, Mike, because uh, we had a big talk Sunday. Yeah, look, we, t- we were talking about sex on Sunday. It's a massive, massive topic, one close to most of our hearts. Um, I tried to limit myself to Proverbs because um, we could have spoken for hours because the Bible has a lot to say about sex, which is kind of good because we need God's wisdom. Indeed, indeed. And we'll try and have a little bit of a longer conversation than the one you had with your dad. Because <laughs> that's, that's a little short from what I... What uh, I yeah, yeah. For those who missed it, um, uh, my father and I, when I was about 15, had a quick chat about sex and... Uh, Dad said to me, you got any questions, Mike? And I said, uh, no. And Dad said, okay, good chat. That was about it. Good. Well, that's our episode for today. And, uh, Mike, we've got a few questions here that we want to try and tackle. Um, questions people have texted in. And that's, I guess, what we do here on The Extras. We take your questions that you've texted in. Uh, we find them really helpful because we uh, they push us back to the Bible. And uh, we want to serve you by, by answering them. Um so we'll sort of dive in, um, sort of into the deep end at one level, because um, Sunday night you were talking about how uh, sex outside of marriage uh, leads to death, sex within marriage leads to life, and there's a strong encouragement for us uh, who are married uh, to yeah, get going with lots of sex, lots of lots of sex within marriage. Um, someone's asked the question in light of that encouragement to, I guess serve one another in sex asking well is sexual abuse within marriage possible um and if they perhaps heard some of the encouragement on sunday to um you know give yourself willingly and freely to your partner uh, to, to your spouse um could that open a door for sexual abuse within marriage? Is that possible? Oh, sadly it is. Um and it, I mean that is horrific that that would happen within marriage, but sadly it does in a fallen, sinful world. Um, And really the guiding principle always needs to be love. So, for example, if a a husband um, has a stronger sex drive than his wife, um, he could use that, um, and even kind of use scripture, uh, in an evil way to kind of demand sex from his wife and that would be that would be totally inappropriate but if he loves his wife even though he would want for example to have more sex than perhaps she does um, he will um, not demand that in fact he will try and restrict his desires um, for the good of the wife but likewise the wife who may not want to have sex as much as her husband she will hopefully love her husband by perhaps having sex more often than she would naturally desire. So both parties always need to be loving, always need to be other person-centered, and always need to, um, uh, I guess, um, what's the word, restrict their desires or change their desires? Willingly restrict or willingly change. Yeah, in order for what's best for the other. And, And I mean, that's the joy of marriage, isn't it? Is that you've got, there's lots of give and take, and uh, you're two different people, and uh, you've got to work that out together. Yeah, I mean, 1 Corinthians 7 is sort of the passage that that sort of flows out of that principle, isn't it? Which, which sets a, a call to both um, the husband and the wife to say, do not deprive each other, and then has a word for the husband. Um, your body, as the husband, doesn't belong to you. It actually belongs to your wife, and therefore 
serve her needs with your body and then a, mm. a word to the wife likewise just like your husband your body doesn't belong to you but to your husband um, and uh, therefore serve his needs and there's this beautiful picture of kind of mutual service of one another looking after the other one's desires and um, and I guess on, on that we probably shouldn't stereotype that it's always the man with a higher uh, sexual libido than the woman. Um, often Thank that you. can yeah. be the other way around. Absolutely. And Absolutely. those things are not necessarily gender-driven, um, although sometimes I think we presume that's always the case, perhaps. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. So at the end of the day, really, it comes down to kind of love. and comes down to godliness. Um, that uh, the more godly you are, the better your marriage is, is going to be, and, and probably even the better your sex life is going to be because it's all about serving the other person in love. Mm. Um, and so uh, if you're not yet married, mm. um, the, the number one thing you do need to be looking for is, is godliness. Mm. Yeah, and I guess, and that's where, coming back to our question on, on abuse, um, abuse is the opposite of that. Abuse is rather than thinking, what is good for my partner? What is good for the other? How can I use my body to serve them? Abuse is effectively thinking, what's good for me? And how can I get what I need, yep. uh, willingly or unwillingly, from the other, other yep. person? And, uh, and that's where abuse is evil and self-centered and, and deeply sinful. And, um, and, and I guess we probably need to say, if you're in a situation where um, you are concerned that there may be abuse in your relationship, um, you need to get help and you need to speak up um, you can come and talk to one of us. <laughs> you can uh, even go and talk to the police if there's things going on that are illegal. Absolutely. Um, please don't. Um, yeah, sit there and, and be abused. Um, yeah, get, get help. That's that's really, really, really important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Sam, for adding that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's um, move on to, to our second question for today. Um, and it is, Mike, that in Proverbs, the language here seems very carnal. Um, there's, you know, it's physical and uh there's talking about breasts and bodies and, and and drinking from from your cistern and you know it's very sort of um very sexual very carnal and there's a question here about uh often uh when christians talk about choosing a partner um the sort of the logic seems to go look it doesn't really matter what they look like their personality their godliness is what matters but here, the passage does seem to focus a fair bit on appearance, um, uh, both in the negative, don't be captivated by the beauty of someone you're not married to, but also in the positive, you know, um, mm. be captivated. In, in chapter 5, verse 19, it, it says, um, you know, be captivated by your wife's breasts. Um, um, so how does the Christian then think about, um, particularly, I guess, it sounds like the, the question here comes from, uh, someone looking to choose a marriage partner, how much should physical appearance factor in my choice of a partner? Do I just go for godliness and uh, a good person, but you know I can't stand to look at them, so um, <laughs> is, is that okay? Or should I look for someone I'm really physically attracted to, but you know, not so... How, how do we think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, isn't it? Um, because we do live in a world that overemphasizes the externals, the beauty. Um, and it's not that God's against beauty at all. I mean, He created it, and it's a good thing, and um, within a relationship, it, it's wonderful it, to be attracted to your, your, uh, your spouse. Um, but of course, beauty isn't to be the main thing we look at. Um, and even Proverbs, if you go to Proverbs chapter 30... Uh, sorry, 31, 
verse 30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And I don't think that's saying that charm and beauty are a bad thing necessarily. It's just that they won't last. But the fear of the Lord is something that will last and is even more important than charm and beauty. So as you're looking for a potential marriage partner, um, charm and beauty, they're great things and they can be helpful within a marriage. And I think it's great if you are attracted physically to your future husband or wife. But at the end of the day, it's not the main thing. And we need to be reminded of that because the world will say it is the main thing. It's not the main thing. The main thing is, again, uh, a woman or a man who fears the Lord a woman or a man who is growing in godliness, who will encourage you to grow in godliness. Um, that's the main game. And so we do need to just be really, really careful uh, that we, we keep the main thing the main thing without discounting uh, the importance of beauty. Mm. And so um, I guess uh, in light of that, it, it can be a, a really helpful thing. And, and one of your points on, on Sunday night was... Um, in marriage, there is it can be a tendency to stop having sex. So if you can be physically attracted to the person that you're married to, excellent. Like that, that's a good thing. It's going to help. It's going to help. But not ultimate, um, because at the end of the day, um, it, it is fleeting. It, it, it will pass, and the beauty that you see at age. 21, 22, when you're thinking about, you know, who should I marry? And, you know, then when you spend 50 years, God willing, with that person, um, you'll there'll be some fleeting. You know? <laughs> there'll be some passing. Of, there'll of be some beauty. changes. Um, yeah. We love you 70-year-old people, and we, we delight that you're listening. Um, there, there is a reality. I'm not at 35 what I was at 20, you know. Um, yeah. So there, there you go. Okay, thanks, Mike. That's really helpful. Um now, uh, next question is uh, advice for someone um, who'd like to get married. Um, they're hearing the word of uh, sex outside of marriage leads to death, sex inside marriage leads to life, and they're thinking, I would like to get married, um, perhaps in order to stave off some of that temptation of sex outside of marriage, but just can't afford it at this stage. Um, is, do we have some advice for people in that situation? Should they, sounds like a university student, should they drop out of uni and just get a job so that they can get married and uh, deal with um, yeah, some of those issues? Um, or should they, what should they do, Mike? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question and requires a lot, a lot of wisdom. Uh, I love the sentiment behind the question. They, they want to obey God. They want to worship God. And so they're kind of thinking outside of the box, um, you know, do I drop out of uni so that I can afford to get married so that I can worship God by how I behave sexually? So I just love the essence of the question. Um, and so maybe dropping out of uni is an option if it's going to be helpful, but perhaps it's not the only option. Um, I mean, another option, perhaps a little bit more radical, is actually to drop out of the relationship for a while. I mean, if if, uh, if they're getting if you're getting that close to sinning sexually, maybe you just need to have a complete break from the relationship, and that would be really hard too. But in order to love God and to worship Him, that would be worthwhile. Um, so that, that's another option. Can you think of any mm. other options, Sam? Yeah, I think you're right. It needs wisdom, um, mm. and and when it comes down to it, you really have to make a decision of um, what, what do you want more. There, there's more than one way to please God. Like you said, you can either get married and be godly um, by having sex within marriage. You can obey God by breaking up and not sinning sexually and staying single. 
Um, and really, you've got to work out, well, um, do I, how much do I want uni? How much do I want to be married? Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, again, gives a, a great degree of freedom on that regard. Um, singleness is good. Um, marriage yes. is good. Yes. Um, and use your wisdom um, to, to choose well. And, and I mean, I've heard um, different people with, with different ideas. I mean, one of the things to think about is what standard of living do you need? Mm. Um, I think in that, I guess our culture sets for us, you know, home ownership and possessions and a certain quality of being able to eat out all the time and, you know, go to the movies and do stuff that costs money. There are ways to do marriage and life on a budget and there are some smart ways to, um, you know, contain your spending and find cheap places to live and, you know, be happy, uh, yeah, living a different standard of life if that means that you can be married and be together and um, be honouring God and start out small. Um, I think a lot of us think, well, perhaps those who've grown up in, in, in this area or in their parents' home and expect to have the same quality of life as our parents <laughs> who've been working for 30, 40 years Slowly and, going. you know, have, have um, built their wealth and built their, their money and, and that kind of stuff. We, we expect to have that from, from day one, whereas, you know, uh, my parents started with, you know, two deck chairs and a, you know, rented apartment and uh, <laughs> built it up from there. And I, I think we forget that there's... Um, there's another way, another standard of living to have and, and perhaps we can change the way we, we, we think about that. Yeah, I think for the person who asked this question, I mean, it's, it's uh, wisdom will come through prayer, wisdom will come from talking to parents mm. and talking to peers about this. Um, um, and so I'd encourage them to do that or the mm. person who wrote this to, to kind of talk to those people who know them well and, and try and give them some wisdom on that front as well mm. thanks Mike alright um, we'll push on uh, fourth one I think sounds like it comes from a parent um, it says I wonder about the really young in our congregation that's night church um, I imagine for some of them talks on sex are irrelevant uh, what do we say to the young teens here tonight where sex is not on their radar uh, if they're not seeing uh, a healthy marriage in their parents marriage how do we touch these guys hearts I'm, hope, I'm hoping that by talking it out talking about sex is no longer a taboo subject. Um, Mike, is that a, an accurate um, kind of observation that the teens at night church are not thinking about sex? Look, I'm not sure if I... Yeah, I'm not, not sure if I uh, think that is true. Um, my experience would be that most high school kids, uh, sex is a real in-your-face issue. And even statistically, um, kids in primary school are sexually active and are already um, exposed to pornography and it's definitely spoken about in the playground. Um, so I, I don't think that our high school kids aren't interested in this topic. Mm. Um, and so we tried to deal with it as sensitively as we could on Sunday night. Um, and uh, I had uh, uh, my three sons in there, one who's uh, 11. Um, and uh, I had no problems talking about the topic with them uh, in front of church. And it's also a topic that I've been talking to my children about uh, since the age is about three or four. We started reading books on sex um, from as young as three or four. Mm. And I think 
that, the, the question might be right in that having sex might not be on their radar for some time, God willing, if they um, you know, do what God says, which is to keep sex for marriage where it belongs. Um, so God willing, some of our kids will, will not be sexually active. Um, but it doesn't mean that sex as a concept is not on their radar. And I think we need to um, build a foundation early because otherwise if we leave a void without setting a foundation on this space, the world will speak in and is speaking into that. <laughs> Completely. Um, and so it's really important for us to, to set this principle out, which is that sex is, is a beautiful God-given gift that belongs in marriage, um, but is... Um, is dangerous outside of that context. It's, it's, the, oh, it's the old petrol uh, an il- illustration, isn't it? That um, petrol inside the tank of a car does a wonderful, good thing, and it's it's a lot of fun and it's great. Um, pe- petrol outside of a car's tank um, can be incredibly dangerous, um, and if it's splashed in the wrong direction with a with a match, then it, it can be um, lethal. And and that's the principle we need to teach from a young age. Um, instruct our kids in the way that they would go that that they would not turn from the path i think is uh, the proverbial wisdom absolutely and you know in an ideal situation um what we're speaking from church in terms of our preaching and and what we say from up front Mm. is actually augmenting what's been happening at at home so Mm. really the home is the primary place for discipleship Mm. of children and so um, I, i would hope and pray that every family is talking all parents are talking to their children about this. And actually at Family Church in the morning, we, we looked at some resources uh, for that. And so if you're a parent out there and you're looking for help, because it's not an easy subject to talk about, um, get in touch with me and uh, we can uh, suggest some resources for you to start talking to your kids about this important topic. Mm. Thanks, mate. Um... Number five for today, um, it's a straight out call. Can, can you plug the single-mindedness conference on the 22nd of September with yes, Sam we can. Yes, we preaching. can. Uh, it's all about how married people can love single people more and vice versa. Um, they've given us the link. It's singlemindedconferencealloneword.com. Yeah, thank you so much for the person who uh, suggested this. Sam Aubrey is um, a, a wonderful Christian man. Uh, he was out here last year um, talking on the, the issue of Is God Anti-Gay? And uh, I think this would be a spectacular conference. And uh, something we mentioned really briefly on Sunday night, I wish I could have said more, is um, yes, the single life um, is harder because there's lots of um, good things that marriage brings that a single person doesn't get to experience. And so it's harder. But... God also says it can be simpler. Again, this is 1 Corinthians 7 that we've mentioned a couple of times, a chapter worth reading Mm. if you haven't read uh, recently, uh, particularly on this topic. But the single life can be simpler in terms of serving serving God um, with an undivided heart. Um, But also, I said very briefly on Sunday night that we as the church as a whole need to... Um, understand that the single life is harder and we need to work harder at loving and including single people within our families and um, that's something I'd love to see happen a lot lot more and I think this conference single-minded conference um, would help us to do that so yep single people go married people go Sam Albury would definitely be worth listening to on this topic very helpful well, that's about it in terms of questions uh, for this week. I thought it was a really helpful night, so thanks for serving us Sunday night. I, I particularly loved the idea of um, 
dropping your inhibitions and I think that that's such great wisdom for us to, to have within marriage uh, to, to be open and, and chatting about that and hopefully that's what um, yeah this time on the podcast is sort of help to encourage that we can just talk honestly about this stuff which sex should not be a taboo subject should not be something that we don't talk about in church we should be talking about it a lot so mm. thanks for um, opening up with us um, next week Proverbs where are we heading so we're back into chapter 6 verses 1 to 19 the, the chunk that we kind of missed this week and uh, one of my favourite characters in Proverbs is in this chunk. Uh, in the old NIV, it was he's called the sluggard. Uh, in the Holman, he's called the slacker. And so we're going to explore uh, work, um, laziness, as well as uh, things about uh, finances, money, and uh, a fascinating little chunk at the end about the six or seven things that the Lord detests and hates mm. good looking forward to it mate um, and for reading to share a proverb at the start we're looking at Proverbs 19 and 20 so if you want to look ahead as we cover the bigger context of the rest of Proverbs and, and try and share a, a word to encourage each other at the start of Sunday night you can look ahead at 19 and 20 terrific I think that's it thanks for listening to the extras um, great to have you we'll see you again this time next week have a great week see you later